But a life in the fast lane for a man who's spent his life in the fast lane. He's a former Minister of Agriculture. These days he's the chair of the Meat Industry Association and Apiculture New Zealand. Nathan Guy, just before we chat about red meat and honey, Rowena referred to those 2004 floods and we were referencing Alistair Polson, the late Alistair Polson, who had just uh, stepped aside as the president of Federated Farmers. I think he was our special trade envoy in 2004. Down the road a bit in the Horafanua where you're farming, were you affected by those? Yeah, afternoon, Jamie. Yes, we were, and uh, we had about a thousand acres underwater for almost three weeks. Went over the top of the fence post in a prop boat with the prop down, so it gives you a sense of the volume of water. What happened was the bank breached on our property, and then, of course, flooded right across all our neighbours. It was a massive issue. Knocked us around for income for a couple of years, but ultimately we got a better farm out of it because we managed to get some of that silt that deposited on the land and once we'd regrassed and got established again we were up and away but certainly for 12, 18 months it was a real struggle. In 2004 you would have been a young buck, were you even in Parliament then? Uh, no, I came in in 05. There you go. So, yeah, so, very young, very sprightly, not well, as grey as I am now, <laughs> Jamie, like you. <laughs> well, you're still running marathons, aren't you, Nathan? So you're doing, <laughs> you're doing pretty well. Look, put on your red meat hat to start with. I mean, there's nothing new in some of these stories that are coming out about the Australian drought, although parts of Australia aren't in drought. But when you look at their slaughter numbers and their stock numbers, it's no wonder it has been a tough year for us here in New Zealand, especially when it comes to lamb and mutton. Yes, that's right. And I see their numbers are out. Almost 25 million lambs slaughtered, up 16% on last year. I think the real worry for Australia is I'm anticipating that some of those lambs were actually ewe hoggets. Um, so if they've been slaughtered, it's going to take a long time to rebuild their flock. While it's had an impact on us in this season, maybe we have an advantage going into next season. may well be a silver lining because we know that if a lot of animals have been slaughtered through the drought, then the rebuild is going to take a while to happen. And that, of course, happens in the US with beef, animals and droughts and things, bigger slaughter numbers. So it is a bit challenging, but next year's got to be better than this season, Jamie. Well, it can hardly be worse, because in real terms, and I, a lot of my old farming mates and footy mates are still sheep farmers and they tell me that this is some of them this season has been one of the most challenging even though a lot of them are based down in Southland where they've had a good season since the 1980s for sheep farmers yes because we've had depressed prices and we've had the ongoing costs and inflation and interest rates so you know you line it all up it's been a dreadful season um, and I've been up to China and I've talked to you on your show before about their economic growth being sluggish. And let's not forget they've been taking 95% of the whole of uh, the mutton carcass. And it is a very important market. And when China is depressed and then, you know, returns, that means that we find it uh, extremely difficult uh, to make a living. But I'm still quite optimistic, and I wrote in uh, Farmers Weekly this week about the optimism for next season and beyond, and that's free trade and market access and getting these costs under control and being reasonably close to meat exports next 
sorry, let me start that again. Being reasonably close with meat exporters, that sense in the next season is going to be certainly up on this year. So fingers and toes crossed, Jamie. Yeah, and we should never lose sight of the fact that lamb is a wonderful product. Let's talk about honey. Apiculture New Zealand, you're the chair. You've released the Thriving Together strategy. In fact, you released it a couple of days ago. What's all that about? Oh, it's all about uniting together as an industry. At the moment, we're a little bit fragmented and uh, it's a little bit like the red meat sector for the beekeepers at the moment. It's a real struggle with those costs and the returns aren't there. But ultimately, the manuka is the big size of the prize for the honey industry and the strategy focuses a lot on that. It has three pillars around sustainability, quality and consumer focus. And we know that Manuka has significant upside. We need to get the story right. We need to focus on quality standards and biosecurity. So it's now going to mean putting flesh on the bones of the strategy. The strategy is the starting point. It's a living document. And we look forward to working with government and exporters and the Manuka Charitable Trust to now start hitting the road and getting some wins. Yeah, but every man and his dog has got into Manuka honey. Is it like goats in the 1980s? Well, I lived through this when I was minister with infant formula. That was certainly a gold rush. And then China and other markets said, well, we want to understand the whole supply chain from cow to can. And a lot of those startup companies got massively impacted in the process and, in fact, packed up because it was also all too difficult. The honey industry is not too different. Prices went through the roof. There was a gold rush of hives that were established in markets, you know, that were fulfilled with product that wasn't of a high quality standard. So now hive numbers almost peaked at a million. They're probably heading to 500,000. That's not a bad thing. You know, we reflect on kiwi fruit that were on their knees at one stage and got back up again. And I think the same will happen. I'm a strong believer that the significant upside if we can really work together on the strategy and work collectively with government as well. 20 years ago, you were underwater with the big floods of 2004. You could probably do with some of that moisture, getting pretty dry in Horofanua. Yes, it is. And uh, it's a real struggle at the moment. Of course, the price is looking quite good for Fonterra now, and it's always the way, isn't it? The price is good, but perhaps the grass is not there. And it's been quite a struggle for us in the late summer. But we've got a fair bit of supplement on hand. We will get through okay. We've dried off cows. We've culled the empties and uh, we've just got to hunker down and wait for the rain but unfortunately the rain has been missing us but that's farming isn't it Jamie we always bitch and moan about things too wet too dry prices are shit we never quite celebrate the good times and we've got to remember that yeah well if it was easy everyone would be doing it Nathan Guy (laughs) thank you very much for your time appreciate it